0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Psych War, episode number... I think this is 11? 11, 12, maybe? We're gonna gonna fact-check that later on. But today I have with me a good friend of mine. I'll introduce him as Jacob Haynes. Jacob? Hello.
1: (laughs) It's a little bit weird having David call me Jacob, because I'm very used to him calling me plant or eggplant. In fact, if you do that over the stream... Almost, almost would prefer, because it's going to make more sense in my brain that you're talking to me, weirdly enough. Probably just going to be, yeah, first, <laughs> first
0: straw to be grass. Yeah. yeah. All right,
1: but yeah, I, we also refer to each other by our gamer tags. Yeah, so I'm very likely to refer to David as Psych. It's going to kind of be weird. It'll be I'll on of like, either way. Well,
0: it's the Psych award, so everyone gets the general premise. That's where it that right. comes from. Yeah. And I'll refer to him as Eggplant and plant. Yeah. But the first question I'm going to ask you today, which is going to be a good one for the people is, tell me about how corn is everything. Okay, yo dog. So like step 1 in understanding
1: the corn question <laughs> is fuck Monsanto. Uh we'll get back to Monsanto at the very end of this, but understand. So corn is Monsanto very unique the, as
0: that's the
1: Monsanto is the company that sells seeds, corn seeds, and has a huge amount of influence over the corn production in the country. Most seeds that are grown in widespread use, 80% of the corn or so, if I remember correctly, I'll fact check that later. It's a huge amount, though, of corn that's grown is Monsanto-based seed. And they also own the farms oftentimes through loans of the people who are farming the corn. That's a very debilitating relationship that they have. Larger point being, we'll get back to Monsanto... (laughs) But, yeah, they're the company that owns the seeds. Uh, So corn is something that you can actually surprisingly easily trace as carbon content. Most carbon content that you would normally assume that you're eating comes from, like, plants and things like that. Even animal proteins are this way as well. They're high in nitrogen, so you can track that as well. Don't worry about it. Corn carbon, carbon that's in corn, has what's called C4 versus C3. Uh, it's just that there's an extra neutron in it, so it's actually carbon-13 versus carbon-12. The reason why corn does that is because it brings in more carbon dioxide, and it actually expands the structure, even though you would think that because it's a heavier isotope, it'd be heavier. Because it's less dense, because it forms larger shapes, wider shapes, it's actually far less dense relatively per like square inch than carbon-3 in the in the. In the wild. Okay. The wild of elements. <laughs> and so you can very easily trace this because if you eat something that's eaten C4, well, its carbon is now all C4 because you use the same stuff to build your other things, right? Okay. You destroy, cannibalize in a very literal sense of the word, cannibalize, and then reuse those materials into whatever your body's going to be making, right? So if you eat carbon-4 stuff, your muscles are going to be made out of carbon-4. Your hair is going to be made out of carbon-4. You know, toes
0: are going to be made out of carbon-4. Everything's carbon-4. So so far we've got that the carbon for that is in corn. It's what corn's made of. It's what co- what what the corn is made of is what we are, people. Well no, let me explain further. So like He's going
1: deeper. There's a tribe of people in Peru, right, who are quote unquote, the name for themselves in their language is people of the corn, right? Stephen King jokes aside, <laughs> if you actually analyze the carbon content of them, to see how much of their carbon in their body is C4 versus C3, you'll find that 40% of their body is C4, right? Which means that 40% of the food that they're eating is corn. If you look at an American hair strand, you'll see that 76% of your carbon is C4. How did that happen? Like, how many times in a day, Psych, do you think, like, oh boy, I'm eating this... Corb cob, corn cob, it's like, I'm not that. Like, it, how often do you really think you eat corn?
0: Given that I know about this, I noticed that a lot of things are like corn fed or corn based. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just so like, like, like corn
0: syrup, corn starches, all that good. Yeah. It's not
1: even that. It's more devious than that. Even so, like, devious. think about it.
0: Think about it. What
1: does your meat eat? Corn
0: feed? Corn. Grass.
1: It's almost all. Corn. If you look at a hamburger, it's like 70-something percent corn. If you look at a milkshake, what is a milkshake made out of? Well, it's made out of two things. High fructose corn syrup and milk. You know what milk's made out of? Cow. You know what cow's made out of? Corn. Milkshake is 90% corn.
0: So what about the... I'm guessing... We're, we're, we're getting into the like the whole industry part of it, like yeah. industry farming. Yes. Obviously, somebody's going to have the question of, well, not all cows are raised on corn, blah, yes, blah, Yes, but blah, how blah,
1: often blah. do you really go to your effort to make sure that the cow is grass-fed? Because grass-fed is not a requirement for
0: that meat to be organic. It's not. It's not.
1: It's a completely separate thing.
0: Okay, on a pause, let's talk about that label right there, organic. <laughs> like, yeah. folks, you go to the store and you see that this... There are organic Hot Pockets. (laughs) Yeah, they're sure. They are $7.99. Normal Hot Pockets are $2.99. Yep. So, what's the difference?
1: So, uh, I don't know if any of you, or if you've read any, or seen any of uh, Slavoj Žižek, but he is a philosopher from the perversion school of philosophy, and that Uh word doesn't mean what you think it means. (laughs) Perversion. Yeah, like...
0: (laughs) It sounds Thanks. more like a place the way you used it. Placer, yeah, you know, it's
1: style. a it's a style. It's a yeah. it's an approach where basically you flip things on their head, you dump it out, and then you see what is inside of it, as opposed to looking at it from the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's a bit deconstructive in within the critique theory. Um, and so what he analyzes with organic things, and I tend to agree with him, and another many other anthropologists actually agree with him on this, is that buying organic things, we don't. We doubt that the reason you buy organic things is because you genuinely believe that you're making a difference. You know, if you genuinely believed you were making a difference, you would do something a lot more proactive, right? You would grow your own food, for example. You'd produce your own victory garden.
0: You wouldn't be going to a grocery store. You wouldn't be
1: going to a grocery store because you know fundamentally that even if it – because it's not hard to figure out what very loose regulations are required for something to be organic. You know, it's not like this is a well-kept secret. Uh, But the reason you're buying that organic food isn't because you genuinely feel like you're doing something better, but because it makes you feel good. Essentially, they're not selling an actual product. They're selling the experience of a product. Right? Yep. And so that's really, I'm not saying that's what all organic means, but organic, Mm -hmm. the very little requirements that are, are necessary for something to be considered organic, highly facilitates it more as an experience than as a literal uh, practice. Most people
0: would assume when they hear the word organic that it means, like, the typical... Oh, that means it's free of, like, genetically modified anything. It's not. not. Not that GMOs are bad. To be honest, like there aren't really that many things not that haven't been genetically modified. Nothing that we eat has not been genetically like, modified. Carrots aren't even carrots aren't the same. Apples aren't the same.
1: Yeah. I don't think oranges are the same. Nothing is. Didn't we create the
0: orange? No, we yes. created the lemon.
1: Well, created the orange and the lemon. We created both of them. But Ooh, none of fuck. the none of the food you eat
0: is as it was, just, just about See that's what I'm saying. So people make the argument of oh, it's all natural. I'm just like it's not. Organic doesn't mean all natural. Literally
1: the environment that we live now as humans, you may not really completely understand it because a lot of people don't understand that like our food is completely fabricated. Um, but like even more extremely than that, we live in an era known as the Holocene, technically, right? But within that, we have created our own environment to such an extreme degree that it's now, in most geological sense, known as the Anthropocene, which is the human time. Right, and that's not because we're egotistic maniacs. It's because we've actually physically altered the terrain so much yeah. that it's completely different. Yeah. A great example of this is the Amazon River. The Amazon River's shape is entirely manipulated by humans. Which is insane to think about. But it's true. What humans. Do in, what do you mean It's shape? Like the way that the Amazon River goes through the jungle and the particular way it does it has been modified over thousands of years of oh, horticulture.
0: Yeah. Be, yeah, because the uh, because the Amazon it was a permaculture, right? Yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah. Huh. So, so even like,
1: something that we consider to be incredibly natural, the, yeah. the Amazon fucking rainforest, which Is everyone's just a like
0: gigantic fucking garden, essentially.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's man. It's not man-made. But it is certainly man-altered, yeah. you know, to a be more beneficial to us. Yeah. Now, granted, there's still be jaguars in it and shit, but, like... I mean, you can't stop that. Like, that's a nation. <laughs> you really can't stop jaguars, man. You know the largest Jag- population of jaguars, jaguars is, so is in the city of Mumbai? Days. Mumbai? Yes, the what city of Mumbai, say? it's India, has the highest concentration, or I guess it's leopards, really. But leopards and jaguars are basically the same thing. The only difference is one lives in South America, the other lives in I think that photo is a world. leopard. Yes, that's probably a leopard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, genetically, they're pretty much the same animal. Yeah. But yeah, no, the highest concentration I think jaguars you know, are le-
0: stockier. Like, stockier, like, more built. They're not... They're, they're, they're the same animal. They really are? They really are, actually, yeah. Oh, damn.
1: Yeah, that... that uh, Fun fact of the day. There used to be tigers in the New World as well, because, you know, the Ice Age was a yeah. thing, and they just kind of walked from one way to the other. It's just whatever animals became extinct that couldn't survive in the New World post-Holocene, right? Jaguars did fine because of their environment. was tree-based, primarily. Yeah. Um, And so they could survive when there were more trees. That's not the point. Point being, it's hilarious that Mumbai has the highest concentration of fucking leopards and they eat street dogs and it's actually a good thing because street dogs have rabies and so instead of giving shots to all the street dogs, leopards just eat them. (laughs) And then the leopards don't give you... They, they digest the rabies. They don't get rabies after eating them. They can process it. And then leopards don't bite people very rarely ever. Yo. There's, like, less leopard bitings in Mumbai than there are shark attacks But in general, like, in any specific place. Okay. It's, like, maybe one every year or
0: so. Now, on the original point of yeah. now that everyone knows, you, everyone, oh, he, yeah. he's, he's explained how corn goes into what we eat, how it goes into our surroundings— how we use it, mm-hmm. and how it becomes
1: a part of us. Yes. Not only that, corn is also ridiculous because, like, think about it. Whenever you go to the gas station, right, it's, your gas is 10% ethanol. However, it takes more gallon of petrol to produce a gallon of ethanol than you get in ethanol. It takes 1.34 gallons of petrol to make one gallon of ethanol. And yet it's still cheaper. How does that make sense?
0: I'm going to take a wild guess and say capitalism. It's not. It's not
1: capitalism? It is and it isn't. Okay. Okay, so you remember our our boy, Freddy the Rose? Okay. Avel?
0: okay. <laughs> well, Wait, f- big, big Freddy or Little Freddy? Big Freddy. Okay, Big Freddy.
1: Yeah. Uh... F- uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Oh, okay. Freddie. I wanted to call him Teddy. I, guess. <laughs> I don't want to just combine. They're just one super being now. No! I actually have a comic that's kind of about that. Don't you worry about it. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. So, Franklin Roosevelt, right, created a system to deal with the Dust Bowl, which is basically a green box, right? Yeah. It's a way to subsidize agriculture so that way we could more healthfully maintain our soil, right? However, because of advances in herbicides pesticides and fertilizers right that's not quite as important it still is if you want to be more natural and stop relying on those kinds of things which i think is overall probably a better idea to not use them so heavily because a lot of those are petroleum-based actually and the same reason why napalm is petroleum-based partly because it just better like it splats better Yeah. yeah um that's not entirely the point but it kind of is um and so with Shit, I completely forgot where I was at. Oh, yeah, with the green box subsidies, what they do is that because they're not really necessary as much anymore for their intended purpose, what we've done instead was, with NAFTA, uh, with free trade, good ol' NAFTA, Billy the- Fuck. Clint. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, With NAFTA, we got free trade with Mexico, right? Obviously. But one of the things that happened, coincided with NAFTA, is that we- hugely increased our green box subsidy spending specifically for corn and so because of that we now have the consequence that producing corn is so ridiculously cheap that you can actually spend more money on petrol have the government deal with the expenses of turning it into ethanol basically like that's not a great way to describe it but it's simple enough um deal with the aggregating cost of producing that corn right because it's so heavily subsidized it costs like a tenth not literally i have to look up the actual thing but it costs way less to produce than it actually is and so that's how you get cheaper ethanol it's also (laughs) how you get a bunch of mexican immigration it's going to sound weird but i'm serious if you look at the economy of mexico before nafta and before the abuse of green box subsidies it was what we call a peasant economy and that's not like pejorative in any sense that's just legitimately what you call it because it's um, people would grow corn as the primary market strategy. They would bring corn into more urbanized areas and those urbanized areas would bring the corn into even further urbanized areas like Mexico City. And then going back in the log, the peasants would be able to be paid for their growing of corn by trading it, right? Okay. And they'd get stuff right. And that's just kind of how a peasant economy works. That's what Russia was before the Soviet Union actually and a whole bunch of it's how most countries were before modern era before industrialization before the industrial era at yeah. least so pre-industrialization um and so what had happened was is that now mexico got free trade right and now america producing way more corn than we can use and so we're like hey mexico you want some corn and they're like i mean i guess we can't stop people from buying it because we're the government and it's not like we're the ones buying things Businesses are buying things. The government can stop you from doing it, kind of. Corn tortillas are great if you make them at home; otherwise, they're bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've never had a homemade corn tortilla. Oh, you need to go to uh, Pedro's. I've gotten like, I've gotten bread from them, but never like like I've gotten pastries, but I've never gotten like actual like food. Yeah. No, you need to go. You need to go to their house.
1: Oh, no. they'll they'll press you a tortilla for you it's delicious yeah no nah. Now they legit not the point <laughs> <laughs> i guess though indirectly kind of the point um uh so yeah we flooded their markets with corn and basically shoved the entire mexican peasant economy under under we just ruined it right we took their jobs industrialization took the mexican people's jobs And so we kind of partly crashed their economy. We got a whole bunch of workers who had nothing to do anymore because they couldn't grow corn at a rate that could compete with the U.S. because the U.S. was cheating.
0: Essentially.
1: Essentially. We conglomerated one super business, more or less. We didn't. It did. um, Into one super business of seed production that had a handhold or had a vice grip on every other small corn manufacturer in the U.S. Right? And then we subsidized them to hell. And then we created a whole bunch of out of work Mexicans who need work, and like, oh boy, look at that—we have a bunch of stuff for you to do in the U.S.
0: Wouldn't it be a shame if everyone hated you? There's a lot, and from my knowledge, I know there's a lot more thing. There's a lot of shit that destabilizes like the Latin countries. Oh yeah, the CIA causes. Yeah, mainly, mainly, mainly the fucking CIA. The CIA causes a lot of shit. Yeah, that's a whole... We, we were on the subject of corn. and I'm pretty sure the CIA has something to do with corn, but we're gonna... Oh, it sure do.
1: We're I mean, gonna... if you think about it... <laughs> no, I mean, this is not even like if you think about it in a really tangential way. Think about what I just said. It takes more corn to produce a gallon of ethanol than ethanol. It's all corn used yeah. for ethanol. No. So you're using more ethanol, or excuse me, you're using more petrol to grow corn even than what you're getting in ethanol, because you're using corn for other things, right? That takes a massive amount of fuel. Hmm. Takes a massive amount of oil. <laughs> uh, you see where I'm going with yeah. that? You see where I'm going with Everyone that? Should see of the think about it. One of the major, of oil, one of the major causes of greenhouse gas emissions is agriculture. Yeah. Is pastoralism, right? Yeah. And and just farming, actually industrialized farming, takes yeah. huge amounts of petrol
0: to satisfy the people.
1: Yeah. And so think about it. How are you feeding your cows? Corn.
0: There's a lot of it. How are you growing your corn?
1: Oil. What are you getting out of your cows? Carbon emissions. It's going (laughs) both ways.
0: corn all the way down. If anybody's ever seen the Rick and Morty episode where they came on the planet and everything was on a cob and Rick started freaking out and nobody else knew why. That's
1: us. uh, (laughs) That's the joke. That's our planet that we're living on in the future. Like, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous, but I'm fairly confident that's actually the joke, that our planet is on a cob, because it kind of is. Essentially. Yeah, Monsanto has a lot of power, like a lot of power, both indirectly and directly,
0: you know? That just makes me feel so bad that every time I eat, like, a gummy, it just has... Fro- it's exactly corn. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's it's difficult for it's me. Always That's why corn. I buy
1: I buy Peace Tea instead of Arizona that we're drinking. Oh God! No. Because Peace Tea uses real sugar. No wonder it tastes different. It does. It's also sugar and sucralose. As uh, opposed to this, it's just this is just some high fructose corn syrup, which isn't <laughs> in and of itself terrible. I'm not here to say high fructose corn
0: syrup is worse for it's you than sugar. Green tea with filtered water, high fructose corn syrup, honey, citric acid, and natural flavors. And ginseng. Yeah, I mean, that's the
1: tea. Yeah. 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 But, uh... that? You get my point. Yeah. That, like, it's really hard to avoid it because they're just everywhere. It is in, it's everywhere. It's in everything. It's in everything. Yeah. So that's why eventually I want to, like, in a more concrete way, really try to do the fuck Monsanto diet, which is just, you can eat corn directly. There's no problem with eating corn. Corn is fine. <laughs> I'm not anti-corn. I'm anti-Monsanto. <laughs> So I'll create a diet book. Fuck, it. give me give me a week. I'll put this in a leak. That's my project now. <laughs> Where you just don't eat corn indirectly. You only eat corn directly if you want to.
0: We're gonna go for the fuck Monsanto San, diet. I'm, we're gonna feature it to you. everyone here. Fuck everyone Monsanto. Listening.
1: You'll probably actually be healthier. Like, legitimately. It's gonna okay. be a lot of vegetarianism, actually.
0: Because you oh, really no. can't
1: eat meat reliably, cheaply.
0: Yeah. Without dealing with Monsanto. Like, what about, like... you get... You 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 can buy like non corn fed. You can, but it's like clearly more expensive. I mean, Whole Foods already expensive, man.
1: Whole Foods doesn't mean grass they, fed. Okay. Are you looking for organic? Or are you looking the, for grass fed? If you're I'm looking saying, for both, you're I gonna lose so a lot, lot of money.
0: That buys yeah grass fed beef yeah for their dog.
1: Yeah okay. How many how many pounds of beans and rice you think I could get for that? see my point i'm not saying it doesn't exist that's absolutely not what i'm saying yeah beans
0: and rice that's not
1: (laughs) i'm not saying that's what you should do where's the
0: sustenance
1: anything else you want my point being that like in terms of literal cost per calorie ratio i'm not we're not penny pinching calories here this isn't a this isn't a lose weight diet directly yeah i'm just saying that like being a vegetarian is a great way to deal with monsanto (laughs) because you don't even have to be paranoid about buying meat now you know what i mean yeah you don't have to like seek it out if you want to seek out meat that you know is very well controlled and is not being fed by corn, go for it. I'll include things that for that in the cookbook, the diet book. But, like, overall, being vegetarian, being primarily vegetarian, which is actually what humans have been doing primarily since the start of the Holocene, not the Pleistocene, don't at me if the first comment... There's no I don't know if there's comments here. The first thing I get added about (laughs) make it to YouTube. The first thing I get added about is that back in the ice age he would eat mostly meat. I know, that's my job. (laughs) Anyway, so I think that's a that's a fairly decent wider aspect of why Monsanto's evil. I can also make the further argument that Monsanto is fascist (laughs) because it creates the phobia. Against Mexicans, because Mexicans weren't taking our jobs until NAFTA and the green box subsidies and Monsanto abuse. And it created just the perfect opportunity for right-wingers and people to swing in and be like, the reason you're a poor young man is because the Mexicans are taking your jobs, even though we took the Mexicans' jobs, and we took your jobs in many of the farming communities by industrializing agriculture so extremely. Monsanto took both of our jobs, and we're pointing fingers at the Mexicans, who are equally victims to Monsanto.
0: It's amazing that everyone watches like South Park and knows that like they took our jobs mean, but doesn't really understand what South Park was like, literally telling them. Yeah, but no, we- you you took your own jobs. Like these guys are literally not working, standing outside of the job that wants them to work, saying they took our jobs. Yeah, it's like they want jobs that nobody wants.
1: It, that is partly it as well. They took jobs that nobody wants. And exactly. that's why we benefit vastly from immigrant labor. We always have. If you look at the actual productive value of immigrants and how they contribute to our country, it's actually a net boom. Um, I do agree, though, with the idea that, like, there are a number of – if we want to talk about immigration, I'm totally down to talk about immigration. I think that got brought up in one of the other podcasts, and I really wanted to fact check him right then. I don't <laughs> – which one? It's one of the earlier ones. I think maybe Four. I think Ford was with Doom. Was Ford Doom? It wasn't Doom. I don't know why Doom would be talking about immigration. <laughs> one of the one of the podcast uh, members was talking about immigration. I wanted to point Dexter him right there about it. <laughs> point being. And uh, that's about how... if I do share a number of people's concerns because they are legitimate concerns about immigration and they're not because, oh, the Mexicans are taking my jobs. That's dumb. Shut up about that. But rather, the illegal problems of immigration is a legitimate issue because... Our country's legal system was not designed for this type of migrant labor because we never had migrant labor before. Because what, are you going to hop on the boat from China and hop the fuck back? No, that's not an option. That was never an option. If you came from China or Europe in America, you were fucking squatting here. Like, you weren't going back, (laughs) you know? And our legal system was made for that, and that's fine. But we need to have a different set of rules to deal with migrant labor better, because right now our court systems are legitimately backed up, and yeah. it is creating a legitimate problem. Yeah. Because it's not only people coming in; it's also people going out, because they're migrant laborers, citizens to legitimate country of Mexico. I feel like we forget that sometimes in calling them Mexicans, and then right wingers will immediately like point dictionary, being like, "Well, a lot of them are actually Guatemalans." I'm like, yes, I'm aware of that. Maybe you should be more concerned and divide these groups separately for what they're actually seeking. Because most Latin Americans beyond Mexico, uh, further south than Mexico, are usually coming here for more of what we consider the immigration system to be used for. And I think to benefit those people most, we need to deal with the migrant labor immigrant situation, which is very different. Because what they are wanting to do, and it's completely legitimate, is they want to come to the States to do their job for six to whatever months of the growing season, right? Growing or construction season or whatever they're doing. Usually in this sense, we're talking about uh, agriculture. We're not talking about construction and things yeah. that we experience more in the south, uh, or even in some parts of the west coast where there's not as much indust or not as much industrial farming. Uh, but overall idea, usually we're talking about agriculture. They'll come to do their agricultural jobs, and then they'll come back and they'll bring a lot of the money that they made here back with them. And that seems like, oh, Mexicans are taking our money. Well, they're taking our money when we buy our own cars that are made there. Yeah. So like, what's the difference? Except now their labor isn't taxed.
0: We're getting tax for our labor.
1: You can pay them a fairly mediocre wage. Some of them are actually paid pretty well. They're paid like $12, $15 an hour, surprisingly. But they will buy things. And where do you think they're buying things from? You think Mexico's producing all of their needs? No. No. They're going to buy things that are American. And so we're actually benefiting it both from the actual production because we're buying those strawberries and that money goes back into our system with better regulated capitalism. <laughs> So we're getting money going back into our own system, buying the things that they make, and then they're buying the things that we make when they come back, when they go back to Mexico, right, as a huge profit. And then they're actually supporting the government of Mexico, or the people of Mexico more largely, by boosting the economy there, and they're able to take in more loans and purchase more things from across the world, especially from America, right? Because we're their biggest trade partner. Because no fucking kidding, we're one of the most powerful countries on earth. Debatably the most economically powerful country in the world maybe only second to China and we're just sitting on top of them of Man, course they're gonna trade with us where else are they gonna go China's really trying out here China's doing a great job I mean, they're assholes but so are we and they're doing a great job
0: have you um, uh, are you what do you know about the Hong Kong like the fight for Hong Kong
1: very little very little I have a basic amount of I didn't know it came up recently it's my point like I knew this was happening for a while that Hong Kong or that China was going to be losing its deal with the UK or rather UK was going to be losing its deal with China that's a better explanation yeah. over Hong Kong and Hong Kong was going to rejoin China uh, and England was basically the Audi 5000 from it right <laughs> and uh, I figured when that was going to go down it was going to cause conflict I didn't have my stopwatch on <laughs> and well, uh, oh, it's here and uh, I'm not prepared. So, unfortunately, I really don't know as much as I should or as I'd like to.
0: The only thing I really know is from, like, not not necessarily even the political side, but it's apparently already affecting, like, most, obviously, outlets in China. Yeah. Like, Blizzard. Blizzard? Basically, over stream. I believe the game was Overwatch. It was one of their... It was either... Well, it was a Blizzard game. Mm-hmm. But... A streamer came, he was on streaming a gas mask and face mask, and he took them off, and he said, like, liberate Hong Kong. Oh, no. And the announcers, like, the commentators, obviously, instantly just dropped below camera view and didn't show their faces anymore. But since then, apparently, like, Blizzard dropped all affiliation with the guy and the commentators, mm-hmm. because they don't want to upset China and lose. Yes. That's the, no, that, that's the main thing that started happening. Cause an, an NBA player on the whole on the sports side of things, not even gaming anymore.
1: Yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, as well. LeBron
0: basically said like he doesn't understand that what this might do to some of us financially. He said financially is one of his first points. He was like financially, spiritually, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Hey,
1: LeBron, you think maybe you got enough money?
0: <laughs> How know? the fuck are you gonna be hurt financially? That man is one of the highest paid NBA players ever.
1: How are you gonna get hurt financially? You're you're there. But you're done. You're beyond the point of financial
0: problems. Like a lot of people are, you know, posting screenshots of them literally dropping all of their Blizzard service and everything. Yeah, I'm not surprised. South, like even South Park. I talked about this in an episode like yesterday and prior episodes that like a lot of media is reflecting it. Like they they're focusing on like either what's going on there or just the rampant like I guess you can call it. I say America's facing, like, issues with classism in this current world we're in.
1: Yes. Classism is far more prevalent and dangerous than pretty much any kind of ism or obia.
0: And I'll say this as the first thing. Like, while racism is definitely a blight that is on this country, the real fight is definitely in capitalism because in a sense—think about it in this, in this way, in my opinion— we're, we're all in a sinking boat while there are people driving by on a luxury liner, and we're fucking mad that either we don't get to paddle or that we don't get good seated when they have a luxury liner that could accommodate everyone, or they could give us a fucking lifeboat, but they don't. It's even... He can probably give you a better yeah, analogy or I
1: feel like I, I very much relate to that, but I think it's even worse because what the rich don't realize is that, sure, they're on a... A nice yacht and we're on sinking boats but we're all over a waterfall Yeah, and it's called climate change and like not only are you fucking us over but <laughs> you're fucking yourselves over and we're all gonna punish we're all gonna be punished for your stupidity including
0: yourself because you can't keep all your money when you're dead it doesn't mean anything it's just, I guess that that could also just lead back to companies like Monsanto or just g- in general companies like that. Like the bottom reason as to why they're using, as you could say, coin with everything is because there's no reason not to. It, it makes them the most money. It's cheap to produce. And then you have the most...
1: Uh, and this is often when you deal with right-wingers. We just have a very different perspective about this, and so this argument is so fundamental; it's really hard to break them out of, and yeah. that's fine. Like this is an area we have to agree to disagree with because it's just a fundamental way you experience the world, right? You know that you have some degree of Marxist leanings, and that not, I'm using that mer- word not as a scare tactic, but because leftism is derived in Marxism, obviously. Yeah. Um, if you experience the notion that. Capitalism is to at least some capacity, I argue to a very strong capacity, based on exploitation, right? And so it's not coincidental that the higher amounts of exploitation that you can perform, the more profitable that company becomes. Exactly. Right? And the more exploitation you're allowed to get or get away with. For example, using Monsanto as the example that's in all of our minds now. Monsanto is literally being fueled by the government through green box subsidies. How are you going to punish them? With a $2 billion lawsuit? That was recent, actually. Roundup uh, with a class action lawsuit. That's what that was? Mm -hmm. Roundup owns, or Monsanto owns Roundup. So not only do they own the seeds, but they own
0: the way to keep your seeds alive versus other things.
1: Yeah. Wow. No, Monsanto owns way so much. So much.
0: I actually did not know that the Roundup thing was actually...
1: It's Monsanto. Monsanto? Wow. Monsanto, it's a Monsanto property, Roundup. Don't buy Roundup, people. Hold Don't up. buy Monsanto.
0: That's going to go down in my long list of examples of extreme corporate greed. I got Nestle on here with, like, the, oh baby God. Formulas, the baby formula scandal and then the, like, the right to water. I talked about that yesterday. Like, the CEO of Nestle really, like, claims that the right to water... Is not a public, no. The access to water is not a like public right. It's not a public. That sounds right.
1: So I have two, Nestle and Nike. Nestle, I think, is the worst, and Nike is number two with exploitation of child labor and slave labor, which is why I'm gonna bring this. I'm gonna bring this entire podcast to its heels real quick. I'm gonna say that Colin Kaepernick disappoints me.
0: Ooh. I'm
1: not mad at him. I'm just I'm just very disappointed. I was entirely ah. on board with his protest. I did it too, actually, because I used to teach over at Whitehaven actually, tutor teach. And whenever the national anthem they had to get up and do the national anthem, not like the, the song, mm-hmm. but you have to stand up every day and like yeah. Pledge of Legion to the Flag I sat down, I didn't participate because I felt it felt wrong. It feels wrong, you know, when I'm teaching at a school that's clearly, clearly predominantly black. It's yeah. like ninety nine point five percent African American at White If even point five. 90%. I knew one to two white kids who went there. Yeah, right who were very there's
0: usually very few in given those areas.
1: Right. It's very few. But like well was I at? given that situation where I also know about how horribly our country, both systemically and individually, treats black people, people of color in generally. in uh, generally, that's a sentence. In yeah. general <laughs> uh I find too appalling to support, you know, and to. So I did it too. I was very much with Kaepernick. And then he got fired from the NFL, and right wingers might be like, it's because he's a bad quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it, he's not a bad quarterback. He was probably just on a team that wasn't really fit for what he did. From what I understand, I don't really care about football too much. He had a specific play style, Same. and that was kind of out of the meta somewhat, but they could find a team for him that was probably better in the meta, and he was good at what he did. You know what I mean? Like he was good at his exact role as a quarterback. Quarterback isn't quarterbacking isn't quarterbacking. So he was good enough to play on a team, or at least be in a team, not starting. Yeah. Right? Not just get hard fired. Because why would you hard fire someone who's good enough to do it but is in the wrong meta? Yeah. You know? It
0: just wasn't his time, so to speak.
1: <laughs> so to speak. And I can I can get that argument from people, but he should at least be a second stringer somewhere. Because he's good enough to be a first stringer in the right situation. Yeah. You know? Point being he got fired. And that was awful, terrible. Clearly, was because they wanted to punish him for speaking out in a nonviolent, respectful way. He did the kneeling because he spoke to a veteran about how to properly do this protest. I didn't fucking care. I figured he could sit down, do a handstand, anything he wants to be as aggressive as possible. I would have been for actually. I'd have been. I'd have been more annoying <laughs> than Kaepernick. Kaepernick was almost too respectful about that. But you know, I can't critique him for being too respectful. What I can critique him for is. Signing up with fucking Nike. Yeah. Fucking Nike. Well, I saw Nike that. and Nestle. Let me explain real quick why I'm outraged and I'm gonna give you all the time yeah. you want because this is a little thing that makes me mad is that Nike is the number one to two company of the usage of slave labor. Kaepernick, what are you doing? <laughs> it's not like you allied with Costco. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's not like you allied with New Balance, who uses like zero to debatably one percent slavery. They have a high, they have the highest rating of ethicality within shoes, by the way. Buy I New Balance it. shoes, yes. Yeah, Skechers and Nike are the worst.
0: Man, no, so not Skechers.
1: The, excuse me, Skechers are fine. I mean, uh, those are the Converse,
0: Clown for, but they're the most ethnically like <laughs> ethically, ethically, ethically not ethnically. They're actually ethnically least leg, I guess that's the <laughs> So the, they're the most like. Worst ethically, right? Yeah, ethically yeah, they're the most ethical
1: shoe. Um, uh,
0: <laughs> all the dads out here, Nikes all and all Converses, yeah,
1: Nikes and Converses are the worst. They both have a 40% oh, rating, 40, 40 out of 100 of goodness. Yeah, no, don't buy those shoes, exactly. Right? Everyone got Converse because they seem Dude. to be hip, they're, they're, they're they, like, they feel they're comfortable, right? They feel proletariat. In fact, that's the original where they came from, Chuck Taylor's, yeah. Right? I mean, they still chucks, I guess. In a way. Point being, right, that they feel like a proletariat shoe, but they're in fact very bourgeois in their manufacturing.
0: Ah. Uh,
1: <laughs> to uh, be a clearly a Marxist, I've added myself. I'm using the the discourse. Oh no. You I'm get my so point. So sad now. Yeah, no.
0: So, <laughs> like I said, Kaepernick. What co- the yeah, fuck is converse is owned by Nike. Is it? Yeah, it probably is. I, I think mean, they're church. an affiliate. Because you, you can use your Nike discount at a Converse store. Yeah, they are. That's what that means. Ah, fuck.
1: Yeah. You get my point, right? Why well, I'm disappointed? Yeah, uh, because, is. like, how are you going to be a person that's speaking out against police brutality against black people and be supported by a company that performs systemic brutality against primarily black people? <laughs> and Asian people and people of color in general. Yeah, they also like,
0: sell athletic wear for black people.
1: It's using it's using neo slave labor to give things to post neo slaves really because it's like modern the, capitalism is effectively slave yeah. labor or worse in many ways. I'm not sure. Some ways better, some ways worse. The illusion of freedom. How powerful and how useful is that to you? That's really where it comes down yeah. to.
0: You know. Ah, uh, is just such a big not not even a fucking can of worms. It's just like. A casket full of fucking worms when it comes to capitalism. Like, you open it and you're just like, ah, oh, maybe we should just like put it back and just say it's there. You sure we gotta use it. It's a. Uh,
1: I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a hard communist or anything. Neither. Like, I find absolute value in having companies.
0: Like things. I know, that like, I don't want the, the company making me the, video like, games. Not selling and barter, but the point of capitalism is in like someone creates a product, mm-hmm. you compensate them for said product. Mm-hmm. My part of it does get to the point to where it's more on like, n- not, not not even something as basic as, you know, restaurants throwing out food because customer paid for this, homeless guy just, he's not gonna get this. Yeah. But more in the sense of that, companies get so powerful to the point to where they get to like, l- lobby for rules that help them, mm-hmm. lobby for exemptions that help them, use mm-hmm. loopholes and exemptions that help them, mm-hmm. which in the long run fucks their workers because no one gets to that level without fucking their workers. That's the main part that I don't think anyone understands about the whole, like, I think it, would I be right in saying like the 99.9% versus the 1%? The Yeah, yeah, the 99.9%, you usually would
1: say like, Below 50%. Yeah. honestly, at this point in American economics, 70, 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And honestly, I don't. There there is a difference, clearly, for being a higher percent of living paycheck to paycheck than a lower percent living to paycheck to paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. But a better definition of poverty really is, do you live paycheck to paycheck? If you do, you are just poor without realizing it. You are poor with a lot of money, but with so many expenses, it doesn't matter.
0: I consider that if you, like, despite the amount of money that you had, is that you just had no capital, no capital wealth. Nothing, nothing, nothing actually hard and concrete worth anything. Yeah. Because, like, drug dealers are worth, drug dealers have a lot of fucking money, but they have no capital to match it. So you can, you know that that money is illegitimate and that's why they have to launder it depends on the level you are
1: as a drug dealer. That is also
0: true. It depends on where you're drug dealing. At if all. you're
1: drug dealing in the U.S. and you're a low stakes or a low bar drug dealer, then yeah, you are 100% right. Yeah. There are many drug dealers that do make kind of bank relative to what you and I can do working our dumbass jobs, Yeah. but have no capital. That's completely true. Um, however, if you're talking like that same kind of low end drug dealer in Honduras,
0: he's yeah, got yes. capital.
1: Because he's got cops. Yeah.
0: Because he has has a union. (laughs) Known as the gang.
1: (laughs) Who effectively bullies the government. He is the government. The gangs in many ways are the government. And it's why Mexico recently lost a gang fight or lost a a legit military engagement to a gang, right? And everyone's like freaking out about that. But I think that's actually a good thing in a sense. Not that Mexico lost. lost, But that Mexico is not legitimately having legitimate battles with gangs. Because that means that they're not confident. They're not the government anymore. You know what I mean? I thought I turned that off. That was an alarm. I thought, but my point is that the gangs in Mexico, especially during the late 80s and 90s, were the government. And so, what's the point in going to war with yourself? Did you know... The uh... gangs are losing power, and so they're actually having to directly fight the government, which is now not them. And I think that's a good
0: thing. Them losing, obviously, is not. What about the, this is good. this is off topic but still on the whole cartels and wars yep. in Mexico. Did you know do you, you know about how there's like an entire like Mormon community in Mexico, right? Mormon? Yes. Yeah. That's where is where Ms. Mitt Romney's family is from. Yeah. And like they literally have to have military grade weaponry to yeah. fight off the cartel. Yeah. And the only thing I can think to myself is like it's just amazing how no matter where you go in Mexico, it's just people fighting off the cartel or breaking to it. Yeah, well, except... Yeah, kind of. It's, 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 it's you go it's to worse to than we describe spots. it. You go to the tourist spots. Not. Those are literally places that are funded by cartels, and the only reason it's safe is because it's in their interest. Yes, because cartels get a lot of money off of selling um, lean to 20-year-olds. Frosty, when when he went to Mexico with yeah. his parents, they literally got held up by Mexican police. Who took their pesos? Yeah, and that just, sounds right. Just, just, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, that sounds right. Just, just stop them. Took their money at gun. Not, not. I don't think they had the guns trained on them, but they obviously were standing there with guns, and you know what would happen. And they were just like, Yep, yeah, we're gonna search you." Found the money. Took the money. Let them go. Like nine hundred dollars in pesos. You don't walk around with money tourist
1: in a tourist area dog that's a great way to not have money because the cops will take the the money cops will you. take the money from you and that's true in many many places the best i okay so my strategies for uh avoiding getting robbed are things like such because i don't use guns i don't like guns i don't have guns so like example keep a dummy wallet know where your dummy wallet is at all times because put like five dollars in it Put a bunch of shit to make it look like it's legit, like expired credit cards that don't do anything, old IDs which don't do anything. Someone robs you, just fucking throw that shit at them. They want to get out of there as soon as possible so they don't get caught. They're gonna take that and run. Congratulations, you lose five bucks and nothing of value. I'm
0: gonna tell you, honest, like, the, well, like, how I grew up and what, even from like my parents and everything, so they said if you were, like, when you're in a bad area, like, keep your main money stashed. It was, like, if you're gonna walk around, just have, like, maybe like $10 in ones, maybe a five or something. When you go in the store, that's what you take out. Never touch your main like stash of money. Always keep it like in your sock, like maybe in the inner pocket. Yeah, That's actually why a lot of people, like I don't know if you noticed it. a lot of, I wanna say, a lot of people in urban areas wear shorts underneath their pants. Yeah, they wear basketball shorts. It's not. Yeah. It's not only because they're they're playing basketball. It's because they also put stuff in their. I mean, yeah, it's
1: because. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was because not like literally they're gonna be playing basketball at all times. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Like a lot of people do end up just. I've seen a lot of dudes literally just get done, literally like working, yeah. doing anything, and just whoo, basketball time. I mean.
1: Yeah. Why not? I mean, you came here. Uh, I used to travel with my GameCube controller everywhere.
0: Yeah, that is what we. You do. know what I mean? <laughs> like. I can't judge that. But in a way, it's just, I don't know, I guess people, you got to defend yourself. And when you're in that environment, like you, you could, you had, you kind of have to be watchful. Like if you're walking and you hear footsteps, your best bet is to like, without panicking or without trying to just make any explosive movement to give yourself away. Like if you think someone's following you, just calmly like cross to the next street. Yeah. The other side of the street. If you continue to hear that, you are being followed. Like it's pretty cut and clear. Mm-hmm. If you think someone's following you, and you make, I think it's it's the three rights. You make three right turns, and they're still behind you. They are following you because they just followed you basically in a square. Yeah, they followed you in a in, going completely wrong way now. Yeah, where they were before. So there's there's ways to notice if somebody's like usually like I guess the best way to put it like if you know you're marked when you're in like a situation where people will try and exploit you for what you have. Typically, they won't pay much regard to you, but you will know you're marked when they suddenly are paying a lot of attention to you. The guy that stops you if you're walking through a neighborhood and goes, hey, man, where are you from? Nah, it's it's not within your best interest to answer that guy. Why would he care? Why would he care where you're from? He's he's not asking you this so he can start a conversation to stop with you. Him. Yeah, that's what he's doing. So you need to... You, you, you want to Like, if you're in a bad area, you want to walk with purpose. You want to walk with purpose, you want to walk with your head high. Do not take your phone out. Like, if you know it's a bad area and somebody asks you the time and you don't have a watch. Like, if, if you have a watch that's worth something, don't even put it on. No. But if you don't have a watch. I don't know why watch, people wear watches. If you honestly. don't have a watch and they ask you what the time is, just say you don't know. Or just d- refrain from doing it. Because in a lot of situations, and people I have known have had their phone snatched out of their hand. Yeah. They, because they're just like, hey, you got the time? Oh yes, and the guy's just gone. It's, it's Memphis just, man, it robbed a clock apparently. It's, it's like. mi- downtown, downtown is just apparently incredibly bad sometimes. But yeah. I think, I think this we're, we're we're rounding out on the fifty minute mark, so I think for this one we're gonna go ahead and call it a wrap. Okay. Eggplant, thank you for coming on, mm-hmm. finally. I've mentioned you in other podcasts. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like... To, to oh, no, I people. think I remember that one time. That I like, was like, I, yeah. I, I'll get a deeper explanation of this when you come on. Yeah. But we're good. We're definitely going to record more of these guys. Um, thank you for tuning in to this one. We'll be back with something possibly more comical or possibly a lot more serious. We don't know yet. Yeah. But thank you for listening to the Psych Ward and... I once again don't know what episode this is, but you'll know once we complete it. Where is-